0: Good morning, and thank you for being with us today. You're listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. You can visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com, and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions, and our blog as well. Today our guest is Tony Silver Delarue. Tony is a recent winner of our May Art Competition entitled Colors. Tony was born in Philadelphia and she studied painting at the Philadelphia College of Art and studied graphic design at the School of Visual Arts. She is a Manhattan-based artist and graphic designer and her work is featured in private and corporate collections and has been in many exhibitions including solo shows in New York at the James Beard Gallery, Rockefeller Gallery, New York Studio Gallery in Chelsea, and the Church Center and the National Art Club. Well, good morning, Tony, and thank you for being on An Artist Speaks. Good morning. Well, Tony, to start the show, why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself?
1: I have been um, an artist for a very long time um, in terms of my um, attraction to art how it's changed my life in many ways. Um I started painting at a very early age. Um and, and um went to school and majored in art. Um when I um got out of college, I became a graphic designer because um I needed to make a living. Uh <laughs> which Many of us have to do, uh, but about eight years ago, I tried to take in less clients than I had in the past and spend more time with my art.
0: Well, what first interested you in creating art?
1: Well, I think a lot of it was, um, just this passion that I had. And I think also that, I had a certain amount of reception when I did create my art from my peers and from my teachers and my parents, and um, a certain gratification that I felt when I created art. So, therefore, all those things combined um, gave me an incentive to proceed and to enjoy this avocation.
0: Was there a defining moment when you said, yes, I want to be an artist,
1: I think it was probably um high school. I had um a wonderful teacher. She definitely um instilled in her students um a sense of the importance of art and creation and of being um, having it be a part of my life and she also helped me get into one of the finest colleges um, that you can study art. And uh, through her help, I provided them with a portfolio of very strong work. And from that, um, they gave me a scholarship. And that was a great thing since my parents really couldn't afford it. But the thing I did chose to do... It was this major in painting. And unfortunately, I think um, I'm not sure that was the correct thing since um, it, it doesn't really give you a a, a career. Um, as a matter of fact, when my daughter chose to go to art school, I, I kind of insisted that she do um, something like graphic design uh, because one does have to make a living. Um, and all the years that I was a graphic designer, I still continued with my painting. But very hard, because painting is very time-consuming. What
0: mediums do you use in your artwork? Um,
1: When I started, I was using a water-based oil, because since I worked in my home, the smell was uh, less. But I have since then spent more time using acrylics. The acrylics dry quickly. And um, even if I'm using the oil, they are great for a base that I can then apply the oil on top of that. But the acrylic allow me to block in color fairly quickly. They dry, and then if I want to go on top of that with oil, I can. But many of them would just be 100% acrylic since they, having used them, I've acquired a certain Uh, precision with them, although I try to keep my painting somewhat uh, fresh and the color very intense and bright. I work on canvas. I find that the canvas does have a kind of medium tooth, so one does have to use several layers of paint to get an opaque quality from them.
0: Tony, tell our audience about the process you go through when you're creating your art.
1: I have a very, um, I think it's somewhat unusual vision of my subject matter. I see the world from a different perspective. I have been uh, pursuing the aerial vantage point for the last five years, six years, and what I do is I look at the world from above, as if I were a bird. I I sometimes joke and say in my former life I was a bird. So this looking at the world from above does flatten the picture plane and it reduces the details to a graphic image. So my paintings are not realistic, but they have elements of abstraction and representation um, they also include pattern and grid and a certain amount of illusion. So with all these ingredients, um, I'm always looking for a subject that is appropriate um, in, in these paintings. Um, I also very rarely, almost never, use people in my landscapes.
0: Well, it certainly is a unique and very interesting art that you do create. We were at a Contemporary Art Gallery quite uh, excited and enthralled with your art. Tell the audience, is there an artist you believe that your work is similar to?
1: I do. I do. and The, the, the artists that I'm going to mention are also artists that I do admire. Um, I do not copy them in any way. They just have had an impact on my work and I find that Uh, studying their work does help in maybe even understanding what i'm doing one among them are richard diebenkorn who has a very distinctive soft edge abstractional approach also in my figurative work of which i'm I'm not really talking about is somebody like edward hopper and um, wayne tebow has um, a painterly quality that i'm always trying to emulate he also does food which i have a whole segment of my work which is food the unique thing about my food paintings is i'm still looking at them from above except that the difference is is that they are enlarged they are proportionately bigger than you'd ever see food in real life so it, it's kind of the opposite of the aerials where the, the image is um, or the vision is, is smaller than reality. With the food, they are larger than reality. Well, how interesting. And, Tony. Yes.
0: Where do you get your inspiration for your art?
1: There are several ways. I do travel quite a bit, and I have been in the last several years uh, to many different places one of the places that um, the um, Stere Mesto was um, inspired by was Prague, of course. But I have—I uh, just got back from Africa, where I was on safari, and I've been to Vietnam and I've been to Russia. And so many of these are inspired by those parts of the world. I also get a certain amount of inspiration from New York and. The idea is in New York, I live in an environment that's extremely urban, and we are dealing with lots of high buildings, whether they're office buildings or residential. To see New York from on high, one sees lots of windows, lots of terraces and roofs. There is one painting I have, which is water tanks. That idea of a – that image of a water tank is – you know there because anytime you look out the window you see them uh i don't know if they're only 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 in new york but they're certainly unique um to the city um so that's another way another thing that i do is when i see an image that excites me i will take it and i will work from it um sometimes i work from a stock photo but it's more a takeoff point or a something that I might look at and then from there proceed with a a version that I create.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that. I was wondering, in speaking with most artists, they use photography to help them in, in their painting as well as certainly going out and painting in nature. With your unique perspective, it's kind of hard to get a photograph of the rooftop. <laughs> well,
1: whenever possible, I do um, take my own photographs.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you let your imagination turn that from an aerial view? Um,
1: well, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and you mentioned earlier that art is very time consuming the audience on average, average and i know there's no set probably but how long on average does it take you to create a piece of art from start to finish
1: well the first part of the process is to consider what the painting is going to be in terms of the image and that takes some research and it takes some sketches and it takes some consideration So that's um, a certain part, and that could take me, I don't know, take anywhere from a day to three days. And then I start to block it out on the canvas uh, because, again, I don't ever um, do it exactly as I might see it in my sketch. Um, Depending on the size of the piece, I would say most of my paintings are in the range of about three feet by four feet but I also do them smaller. Uh, That can take anywhere from two weeks to three weeks. And again, depending on the complexity of the image, that will determine the amount of time that I spend on it. So, um, like many artists, it's very time-consuming.
0: Tell us, Tony, is there a message that you try to convey in your artwork?
1: I think that... I'm trying to get the viewer to see the world in a different perspective. We tend to look at things in the traditional landscape, which is a three-dimensional perspective. So my aerials are a totally different perspective that most people don't see. We, We can walk down the street and look up and see that perspective. But that's not the one I'm pursuing. The one I'm pursuing um, is a different vocabulary. So they reduce the depth and the detail of the subject. I'm also fascinated with the image of cities and towns and suburbs and farmlands and factories. And all of these also make a certain commentary on the world that we live in. If you look at a suburb, there is kind of, um, I don't want to say ticky-tacky, but there's this kind of repetitive placement in a suburb of houses and trees. If you look at the urban environment and towns, it's a much different, more crowded approach. And if you look at farmlands, there's a wonderful pattern of, of the farm uh, land and the colors are totally different. In factories you have the industrial difference that comes with smokestacks and um, fields that surround it and roads and the kinds of plants that are uh, addressing the environment. Highways. I have quite a few highways that I look at because I find there is a certain compositional element that runs through my highway landscapes that is very interesting because of the loops and the the cars, but more so the compositional elements that are circular and part of what you would see in a highway, high, <laughs> highway or an intersection. A lot of these can also be seen on my website, which is tonysart.com, and there are many different kinds of subjects that are addressed there.
0: Well, and just uh let the viewers know, that's t-o-n-i-s-a-r-t.com. And there you Correct. To go and see some of Tony's artwork. Yes. Well, Tony, I think this is a good spot for a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we'll discuss the artwork that you submitted in the recent art competition at Contemporary Art Gallery Online.
1: Okay. I want to let
0: our listeners know that you can view and purchase Tony Silver Della Reeves' artwork by going to contemporaryartgalleryonline.com click on the Artist tab, and then on Tony's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is a number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants today. If you're an artist looking for gallery representation, please visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and click on the Membership tab and follow the prompts. If you're a designer, architect, or volume purchaser, please visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and complete the volume purchaser's request form. And again, to view Tony's stunning artwork, to re-listen to this interview, and of course purchase some of Tony's art, please click on the Artist tab and then on Tony's name. Well, Tony, uh, the artwork that you submitted for the competition, uh, the competition was entitled Color, and certainly your art is very colorful. Let's talk about one of the pieces that you submitted named Carnival.
1: Carnival is a very exciting piece to me because of the color. It also is um, very joyful. It is reflective of the kind of location that a child would love, the circular motion, the amount of color in that has to do with the amusement park. Um, It emulates um, a kind of Epcot or Disneyland feeling that the amusement um, rides that are typical of an amusement park are suggested, and the graphic shapes that are formed from looking at them from above are many times part of seeing that with the striped awnings, unique shapes of the rides and the, the the kinds of things that um, are fun that um, and childlike in the sense that that's how they're designed.
0: Well, I found that piece very interesting. It, certainly, you can tell that it's a carnival, but yet it has an abstract feel and you know a geometrical feel to it.
1: Oh yes, and that's really that was my motivation.
0: Well, in another piece that you submitted competition. Or South Africa suburb. Tell the audience about
1: ah, that. Yeah. Well, um, the again, that's not again, but that is a suburb piece. Uh, and the repetition of the houses makes a certain a certain statement. It also makes a statement about the affluence of that area. There are pools suggested, and there are. There is a size suggested to the houses, also the roads that go through it. So also what it's saying by the name South Africa, which people don't necessarily associate with South Africa, that that suburb could be anywhere. It doesn't have to be South Africa. It could be New Jersey. It could be in Maryland. It could be in California, Um but I, I happen to use Johannesburg since um, I'm trying to be more international in my representation of that kind of piece, of that kind of vision.
0: And certainly, again, very unique with the aerial view looking down uh, on the homes and the streets. Uh, and again, a very colorful piece.
1: yes. Which is why I entered it in neat competition.
0: This is true. I <laughs> well, remind mm-hmm. the listeners that uh, we're sitting here, we're talking about these, these uh You can go to online dot com, click on the uh, art competition, go to the May submissions, and you can see uh, Tony's artwork. She's the next to the top in the submission section and you can view the assault work that we're discussing here during the interview. Tony, another piece that you submitted was Stair Mesto. Tell our audience about that piece.
1: Well, Stair Mesto uh, is a high-angle view, uh, which is a little different than something like Carnival um, because it's not looking straight down on the landscape or the square in this case, it, it's looking at it somewhat from a three-quarter view. The buildings are quite vibrant in color, as well as the roofs, and it's very typical of Eastern European architecture. I was uh, had the great pleasure of being in Prague and seeing Stare Mesto, so this was one of the paintings that was based on my view of the environment there and the, the buildings uh, the plaza is dotted with uh, blue umbrellas and what i wanted to do here was to capture the feeling of this celebrated piece but again i worked on extracting the graphic essence and used my color sensibility to pull the composition together
0: well, I had noticed that was shot at more of an angle instead of straight up and down, or the image is right. more of an angle, I should say. And I also enjoy how it, the foreground is large, and as it goes to the background, it tapers. I thought that was very interesting.
1: Thank you. You'll see a little bit of that, too, in the South um, Africa suburb. It's not quite from totally looking down it's again more of a high angle view Well, and
0: then another piece that you submitted German houses tell the audience about German houses
1: the the German houses reminds me more of a urban approach to architecture the colors exceedingly bright as you might see in Eastern Europe and the dimensions are larger so you see larger buildings but many roofs who are very bright in color the windows are much smaller and take less presence precedent presence but the they also act to pull the composition together
0: well and again i felt uh this had a very abstract and geometrical feel to the painting.
1: Oh, it does, yes, it does. I've eliminated all of the details uh where possible and used the windows um and the roofs as total graphic elements to pull it together. The use of color compositionally also acts to create a pattern within the painting.
0: And, Tony, the last piece that you submitted is, I have to tell you, one of my favorites, and it's called Pink and Green Fields. Tell the audience about Pink and Green Fields.
1: Well, earlier in the the interview, I mentioned farmlands. Uh, The attraction to farmlands is the wonderful pattern that's created with farmlands, The use of a quilt, maybe, might be uh, an example. Squares, but not squares, um, irregular shapes that are put together almost as if it's a puzzle. And in this particular case, the vibrancy of the color really makes it unique. Pink is extremely vibrant against the green, and the scattered trees also add a certain shape uh, that is in contrast to these very angular fields that are displayed. Also, the shadows that the trees have give it a certain time of day and a certain feeling of where the sun might be coming. There are also in that particular piece several patterns that are used within the squares or I should say the shapes that give a sense of the plantings but they don't take precedence over the uh, varying shapes in this particular case.
0: Well, I certainly loved it for a number of reasons. I like the combinations of colors that you use and I'm sure anyone that's been in an airplane, flying uh, across country, and if you had the opportunity to be sitting in the window seat and you're looking down, you'll notice that, which you wouldn't notice on the ground, but from the bird's eye view, you're right. There's a very unique pattern to everywhere, Uh farmland, cities. You, you can see the pattern uh, of how, how the land and, and the fields and the farms are, are laid out. And there you put that abstract twist to it, which I just, I just really loved. I thought that was just a great, great piece of work.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Well, Tony, we talked about your artwork and just to let the audience know, with the exception of Carnival, which was an oil on canvas, the other four pieces were all done with acrylic on canvas. But did you use an oil base on any of those or was it strictly acrylic?
1: no um i I think um after I did carnival, uh one of the problems with oil based work is it does take a long time for them to dry, and because the layers again do that, so when possible, I try to use just the acrylics uh so I have not in the last um year to really used the oil when i when possible. That's why more of them are just acrylic, at least the ones I submitted. There's a certain intensity that the acrylics have, but oils also have an enormous amount of intensity as well. I think if I had the space, um, I probably would use the oil all the time, Uh, but um, unfortunately, that's not always possible. Uh, Carnival was also done in um, 2010, and after that, I really started to work primarily in acrylic. Well,
0: I see, and Tony, tell us, that's a question I always like to ask artists, do you start with one piece and see it from beginning to end, or during the course of creating, do you have more than one art piece going on at a time?
1: I only work on one piece at a time. I try to have a focus that completes the piece. Now, after I finish it, there isn't times that I think, oh, maybe I'll go back. But I tend to get involved with it so much that I feel I need to proceed with it. I have a – I don't know if other artists do this or not – A lot of times what I do is when I think a piece is completed, I take a photograph of it. I then look at it on my computer, and from looking at it there, I see possible changes that I might want to make. And from that photograph, I many times do make changes. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's a process that I do to help complete the piece?
0: You know, you did a great job in answering the question and I will tell you from the artists that I have interviewed over the years most artists do something similar to that. Uh, most artists I find in fact a great number really feel like that whatever piece of art they have done is not quite complete or is not quite perfect and Sometimes they go back and change, sometimes or add and then, and other times, you know, they just they, they leave it alone, but you know, I think it's trade an artist to never be completely satisfied
1: with a piece of work. Well, I I don't doubt that. <laughs> there is a, at a certain point you have to say it's done. It's it's completed because you could then work on it forever. I don't have that sense of working on something forever. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite things is starting a new painting. I look forward to it. I feel a certain, maybe it's a certain birth process, that when I start a new painting, I am, well, I am, it's a beginning, and it's perhaps easier to start something than it is to finish.
0: Well, Antonio, Tony, do you think your career as a graphic artist, I mean I see that in some of your work. Do you think that has had some minor or great influence in your artwork?
1: Oh, I think it's had a great influence. Without question. There are a couple of things. When I was in art school drawing was my passion. Um I could draw very well. And I I knew I had to create a career after art school And the first thing I went into uh, was art direction because at that time one did not go on the computer. One did everything by hand, and the ability to draw was a very important factor since when you presented to clients, you drew the potential ideal, which eventually would be photographed. Uh, There is less of that now. Um, when I had my design firm, we would use stock photos, so we would almost have the the piece completed by the time we showed it to the client. And being able to draw is really less the issue these days. Yes, the graphic quality of my paintings is without question a reflection from my graphic design. And you're right, I think it's um, very obvious
0: Yes, it is, and uh, again, I encourage uh, everyone to go to ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and view Tony's work, or go to Tony'sArt.com and, and view her work there. Well, we're getting near the end of the show, Tony. Uh, okay. Tell the audience, though, what is your art philosophy?
1: Well, um, I think I've um, actually spoken a little bit about it, but... Um, One of the things that is happening, well, there's many things happening in art besides the new media, video, um, unique materials that are used to create sculpture. One of the primary subjects or non-subjects of painting is abstraction. And very few contemporary or emerging artists, as it were, do realism a lot of abstraction is what you'll see in the new york galleries uh not in the museums but in the new york galleries so i have taken this approach that is somewhat realistic um in perception but the end of it is that it's a new perspective and That is, uh, again, what I spoke of earlier that makes my work unique. Although there is a certain amount of representation, in the finality of it, the shapes become more abstract than it might be if I was looking at the traditional perspective. And the essence of the subject is also somewhat of a commentary because the idea of representing a suburb or a city has certain, well, certain um, qualities that have a commentary in that respect. One more thing is that my philosophy also includes that one should really do what they see, what their vision is, and what works for them. If you see things in a traditional format, then you should do it. If you see the world um, in a different way, if you want to create an abstraction, then go for it. But what might be important, or at least it is to me, is to have a vision that is unique. And I think in my aerials, it is unique. As I've also, what I've done in the last five or six years is to keep trying to look at the aerial subject in a different way and expand upon the vernacular. Uh, one of the things I mentioned are my food paintings, which was the show I had at James Beard. And I focused on that for six months, so I created quite a few of those for the show. And they are very unique, so I suggest to your viewers to take a look at them on my website. They have a section all to themselves.
0: Well, Tony, I certainly would agree with you. I think you do have a very unique perception, and I think you captured it very well, the combination of, realism, and abstract in your art. And you're just a wonderful artist. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today on An Artist Speaks.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Well, I enjoyed speaking with you, and there's no doubt in my mind that we'll be hearing much more about you and your art in the future. And I also want to thank our listeners for being with us today. And again, to you, Tony Silver, Stella Stunning and beautiful artwork to listen to this interview, and of course, purchase some of Tony's art. Please click on the artist tab and then on Tony's name on the gallery. I would like to inform everyone that Contemporary Art Gallery Online has launched a monthly art competition. To compete, go to contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and click on the competition tab for additional information. If you're an artist looking for gallery representation, please visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and click on the Membership tab and follow the prompts. If you're a designer, architect, or volume purchaser, please visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and complete the volume purchaser's request form. An Artist Speaks is currently airing every other Saturday, so we'll meet again in two weeks. Thank you for listening in to us today, and have a great rest of your weekend.